0: I honestly thought that it was only three ingredients in fertilizer, NPK, and, and that was so it. So
1: you go to the fertilizer wall and you're like, oh my God, what is this? Like, it's not... I was expecting something to just see. Is that sort of
0: recommended that you don't mix and match brands? Like, is it just easier to have the same
1: one? So I, I buy specific fertilizers. Nerd. Yeah, I absolutely do. Uh, the, the, the three main ones... <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Helpful Gardeners podcast. This week we're boosting our brains with a discussion on drumroll fertilizer on our Instagram this week I just posted a few questions just to kind of gauge where we're at with our audience and just figure out what we should focus on. And, and you know, I asked if things like, what's the most confusing part of it? When shopping, you normally go for, do you fertilize? Um, Also, what confuses you the most? So I'm really excited to kind of dive in. I think what was interesting was, you know, the question of do you fertilize? And 56% of people do. They do see the difference. There are some people who choose to not do it or only do it on some plants, um, but I think what the most, what the most interesting thing was, um, is when buying fertilizer, what confuses you the most? And, you know, it was a lot about numbers and a lot about, you know, which plant should I fertilize?
1: Whenever I talk to people about plants, one of the, one of the first questions I ask is, what is plant food? People say soil and water, uh, but the most common one is fertilizer. Yeah. And people say, oh, fertilizer is plant food, because that's how we sold it. Okay there's even there's even some fertilizers uh, out there I've seen them and and they're called plant food and then it's like plant food 10 10 10 or whatever the numbers are I, I really don't know um, I don't even know what brand it is but I I have absolutely seen it and fertilizer isn't plant food it's uh, a supplement plant food you know you, you know this I, I I hope you do the amount of times I've I've yelled at the camera with you behind the camera Less like you're like I'm not listening to this guy again <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Do you know how much of my time I've spent listening to this guy? <laughs> but yeah, food uh for a plant is light. Um and that's that's essentially it. But the fertilizer, it's it's the supplemental. It, it keeps your plants healthy, right? So if 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 the if the if the light is the food. So the light is the the three meals a day. Uh, you know, the the meat and potatoes, if you will. The soil is the, you know, whatever, five servings of fruits and veggies, like what you need to keep yourself healthy. And then the fertilizer are the supplements. And that's where, you know, life gets busy, life gets hectic. We can't always keep up with what we're meant to. So uh, maybe we take iron or B12 or we take calcium and that ensures that, yeah, okay, we might have enough calcium in our diet, Uh, But it ensures we're hitting that number for, you know, bone structure and and whatnot. So that's where fertilizer comes in. If you have a plant in the worst soil, not getting enough sunlight, you can fertilize till the cows come home. It's not really going to do much for the plant. It's part of the whole parcel. And once you have everything working well, fertilizer is the game changer. Do you know how many people I've spoken to and... I'm going to throw my mom under the bus. I love you, mom. I mom. <laughs> but I, still love you. I, yeah. I talked to uh, my mom and, and this was years ago. She was asking me about her garden. I, I was actually still in uh, Montreal. And she, she was like, well, I don't get it. Well, we're not getting the flowers we want and we fertilize all the time. And I said, well, when was the last time you amended your soil? Like, when was the last time you you boosted your salt? When was the last time you, like, you turned it and you put in cotton? Mum was like, oh, I don't, you know, basically, I don't know. Never. And I said, do that and keep fertilizing. And then I remember later on that year, I was talking to I mean, I talked to her more than that. I don't talk to my mom, like, twice a year. She was like, the garden has never looked better. Yeah. And I said, yeah, it's a combination of all of those things. So. In a nutshell that 's what fertilizer is it 's that supplement it 's that boost, and it 's especially essential on our high production plants on our for flowers annuals. We want those annuals to keep producing our uh, perennials like the day lilies they put out a swath of flowers, tomatoes, peppers, anything that is going to require a massive amount of energy, that's why you need your fertilizer. And
0: I know it all starts with that trip to the garden center. Yep. And I'm sure this is going to be true wherever you are listening from. You walk into the garden center or wherever you buy your fertilizer and it can be overwhelming. There's a lot of brands, there's a lot of mediums, and um, I mean, it can be specific to the type of plant that you're growing.
1: You know, first of all, I want to address it because you're right. um, It really is a wall. And it it can be overwhelming. You know, you think, oh, I need fertilizer. So you go to the fertilizer wall and you're like, oh my God, what is this? Like it's not, I was expecting something to just say fertilizer and pick it up and walk out the door with it. Every single one of those fertilizers sells. So if you go to the hardware store and you need nails and you go to the section, there's not one nail. There's roofing nails and finishing nails and double headed nails. And, you know, then all of those types and more, but one inch, two inch, three inch, uh, there's sidewalk spikes. And you're like, oh crap. Like somebody just told me to get nails, you know? So they, they all have a purpose for the people who need them. We really can't dumb it down because those fertilizers are all essential. So what I like to say is don't get hung up on the numbers. Okay. Let's, let's, let's talk about that. Uh, The numbers are uh, very simply NPK, and they're the uh, three uh, macronutrients that every plant needs in varying degrees, which is why numbers are different. And it's uh, nitrogen, uh, that's your first one, and that's above ground leafy green, any of your foliage. So uh, you'll see tree fertilizers and lawn fertilizers will have normally, uh, the first number will be the highest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you look at that, you go, oh, okay, that makes sense because all a lawn is and all a tree primarily is, is an above ground leafy green. Now, then you get into trees and you go, well, what about my apple tree or or my hawthorn tree? So you have different uh, facets to it. The uh, second number is the phosphorus, and uh, that's for roots. And then the last number is potassium, and that just kind of keeps the overall plant healthy, makes sure everything is working the way it's meant to, and it's the general health of the plant. So every single fertilizer has those three numbers on it, but some of those numbers might be zero. Okay. Oh yeah. So I've got one next to me that you put next to me, uh, blood meal, eight, zero, zero. Okay. High nitrogen, nothing else.
0: So good for the leafy growth.
1: Yep, not good for anything else. Yeah, nothing going on. Very good for keeping. uh, When we talked about the critter, right? Uh, Good for keeping critters off your garden. Double duty. Yeah, but it is also a fertilizer. So that's what the numbers are. And then, and then it's simply parts per million. Blah blah blah. But it's it's not worth getting hung up on the numbers it really isn't
0: we did a poll on instagram and and it was sort of what's what's the most confusing part when you're standing in front of that fertilizer wall and 55 percent of people said which numbers are best yep so that there it is right there is that the the numbers seem to confuse people the most and especially when they're they're all over the board whether they're small whether they're large
1: you look at something like an all-purpose yeah okay so you think all-purpose has to be the most basic fertilizer. Yeah. Right. So a traditional all purpose fertilizer, 2020, 20, 20, 20. Right. Okay. That was it. You ask any gardener, are they probably know the, those three numbers. 2020, 20 20, 20, 20, But if you go look at our fertilizer wall and you look at the shelves that are marked all purpose, yeah. there's twenty twenty twenty. 20, there's 444. 4, 4. The uh, indoor plant, I believe, is ten fifteen ten. 15, huh. 10. Uh, there's another one that is, I believe, 28, 14, 12. Mm. But they're all, they all say all purpose. Yeah. So you're like, well, well, how can that be? It's very simply the methodology which it comes down. So maybe it has uh, more nitrogen because the way they've put that nitrogen in there, it's going to be used more rapidly where the other ones are going to be used slower. So you don't need that much. So it can be the different medium that those um, that those uh, compounds, those elements are put into the fertilizer. Trust the fact that these companies have done years and spent, I can't even guess how much, you know, Scott's miracle Group, Premier Tech have spent on those numbers. Yeah. At the end of the day, All it means is that your plants are going to get the macronutrients they need. And if you feed accordingly, so if you look at the back and it says once a week, once every two weeks, once a month, feed accordingly, and your plant is going to get the nutrients it needs. Yeah. So that's the numbers demystified. Don't get hung up on them. What I would rather you you do is ascertain which fertilizer you want. Do you want uh, blooms? Do you want veggie? Do you want all-purpose? Do you want tree? Which one? Do you, which one is more important to you, and then select the one that's going to suit your lifestyle.
0: Yeah, let's actually talk a, bit, a little bit about the, the 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 mediums of fertilizer. So, what what are the different kinds that you can get? The
1: the, the three primary ones um, are water soluble.
0: Okay, so you mix with water. Yep. Okay,
1: exactly. Granular.
0: Granular. You shake and feed. Shake and oh yeah.
1: I believe Miracle Drill is literally called shake and feed. That's and and. Yeah, Shake yeah, Shake and Feed has become like um miracle draw such a force to be reckoned with uh when it comes to their fertilizers. Uh, I feel that Shake and Feed has become the rollerblade, the Kleenex, the band-aid, right? Like Yeah, it really has. Shake and has uh has become that. Um and that's that's your slow release. And then the uh the other one uh that you see a lot of are the fertilizer spikes. And that is one that you literally just sink into the ground, into kind of the root ball. You just, you, you might hammer it in some of them, even come with like a little uh, rubber stopper that you put on it and you tap it in There's spikes for house plants that you put in. And then they break down over, you know, maybe the whole season. Uh, the shaken feed might be a month. The water soluble, it might be a granular water soluble or it might be a liquid water soluble. And then they break down. And normally, all of the fertilizers uh, you're going to buy—I cannot think off the top of my head—other than the shake and feed, but all of the water-soluble ones, they are all concentrated. They all need to be mixed. So uh, it might be uh, 10 milligrams per liter, or whatever it's going to say on the back, and then that's how you dilute them.
0: Are you like, if you're trying to decide? Well, I don't know which medium is right for me. Which one would you go with?
1: So. I think before you even get there, there's another question. Oh, no. <laughs> See, this is, this is what you have to look at as well, because when you walk up to that fertilizer wall, maybe you care or maybe you don't. But some people very much want their food to be organic
0: true that's very true so
1: you need to decide too are you uh more interested in being organic or is is the the chemical option good for you or do you want organic based
0: this is kind of like one of those quizzes you know when they're they're like you have two options and then you take the map and then you take the roadmap <laughs> yeah. and then <laughs> choose your own adventure yeah exactly it, it pretty
1: much is like you I I normally for my veggies, flowers, everything else, I normally don't use organic. Okay, I'm going to say that uh, right off, right off the top. Okay, I've I've been using ProMix uh, pretty much my whole uh, horticultural tree. Yeah, I enjoy it. It mixes really well, and I enjoy using it. And you will always one thing about the numbers you're always going to see a higher number on the non-organic fertilizers. Oh, Why is that? Because it's very hard to get the higher uh, PPMs using only an organic material. okay. Where if you can process it and synthesize it, you can get a higher count.
0: Yeah, okay. That makes so sense.
1: You will get a higher number, which can result in more fertilizer being absorbed, which can result in a higher yield yeah. by not going the organic route. That being said, I absolutely have tried the organics because I have tested them and they work amazingly well. So don't get hung up on that. But if that is important to you, to your family, you know, we, we have organic soils. We have um, organic amendments. You want everything to be organic, go with organic. So once you've answered that, then you, uh, then you can look at my lifestyle and the medium. It, it honestly depends on how much time and effort you want to put in. So some people, they want some flowers. uh, They want them in a pot. They want them to look pretty. They know they don't have a lot of time. Or they may not really enjoy it. They're doing it because they just want the color. It's not a passion of theirs. Go with the shaken feet. Oh, perfect. Put it in. You don't have to worry about it. It'll break down. Go on. Look look at the back of it. And it may say um, monthly. OK, so uh, literally go on your phone and say, you know, hey, Google, hey, Siri, whoever you're hey, Alexa, whoever you're talking to these days uh, and say set a reminder one month from now to fertilize oh, and you're done. There you go. You'll get a reminder. You're like, oh, yeah. And you go and you go scooch, scooch, scooch. And you've got more fertilizer in and that's it. You don't even have to worry about it. You don't have to dilute it. You don't have to do anything. You just shake it in. The stakes, we do our planting on the long weekend because we have more time. So you're like, okay, I, I can commit a full day to my garden, but after that I know I've got uh, I've got work and I've got to get the the kids to soccer or rugby or hockey or whatever's going on. You know, life happens. So you might be like, okay, I am buying fertilizer stakes and I go boom, 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 when I plant, boom, I'm done for the season. Not even gonna think about it. They're fertilized, I walk away. And then my favorite method is water soluble. Okay. I I can control exactly how much it's getting. So I I mix it. um, I put it in either my hose end applicator or my watering can. And when I water my plant, I know that as I'm watering it, I'm also feeding it. So I know that the entire root ball got an even amount of fertilizer and it was fertilized properly because the granular... Uh, be it a lawn fertilizer, a shake and feed, even the stakes. So the, the, the stakes are basically uh, the the granulars uh, kind of compressed together, if you will. Okay. Uh, bigger parts and, and kind of uh, smooshed together. But they only break down with moisture and heat. So in Calgary, where it's very dry, mm-hmm. you got a very healthy uh, perennial bed or uh, some mature trees. You might not be watering them that much. So your fertilizer stakes aren't going to be breaking down as quick. So what is the fertilizer that is happening? How is it getting fed? It, it, it gets fed massively when there's a thunderstorm and there's a ton of rain, but then there's no fertilizer for two weeks or there's a ton of rain like we had last year and your fertilizer spikes are disappearing rapidly. And it's, it's so that's not my jam. I like to control it. I read the back and it'll say uh, the one I use is every two weeks. Okay. And what I'll do is I'll go out and I know that um, normally I do it on a Sunday. That's normally the day I get off and I go, okay, Sunday. And then the next Sunday, I know not to fertilize. If I didn't fertilize that Sunday, I fertilize the next one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I can control. And then I plant everything and away it goes. And if I plant later, so say I plant, I didn't plant, but say I planted everything on the long weekend. And then four days later, I plant two more pots. I will fertilize those pots, and then the next time the fertilizer comes around, yeah, okay, they're going to get a little bit more fertilizer than they should, but I don't care because they're swapping to the regimen. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm not going to remember that. Oh, no, those pots have to be done four days after the other one. Now, if you've got the time and the wherewithal and you want to do it, because here's the other thing. Some people will buy a perennial fertilizer and a tomato and vegetable fertilizer and a tree fertilizer and the tree fertilizer might be a shake and feed and the tomato and veg might be organic and the flower fertilizer might be, um, might be a water soluble that isn't organic. So it might be, oh, the tomato and veg I got to do weekly. The other ones is biweekly and the other ones is monthly with a shake and feed. So (laughs) don't give me dirty looks. I didn't invent fertilizer.
0: So if you weren't overwhelmed enough, (laughs) now we've just added in specialty fertilizer.
1: If you have massive amounts of everything, yeah, you're probably better off. So I I buy specific fertilizers. Nerd. Yeah, I absolutely do. Uh, The the, the three main ones. (laughs) (laughs) It's fair. The, the three that I buy um, primarily are uh, tomato and veg, flowering, and uh, all-purpose. Oh, okay. Those are the three I use. And now I always buy uh, water-soluble, and I always buy promix. Okay. And that way I know it's being used. And I've done it before where I'm like, oh- I still have some left and I'm like, all right, well, whatever it's going on the lawn, or I'm going to put this, uh, all purpose, uh, on my, uh, perennials, or I'm going to put, uh, the blooming one on my perennial. My perennials always get the dregs. Oh, okay. Yeah. My perennials, I'm always like, uh, eh, you're going to bloom. Eventually have some bloom fertilizer. <laughs> so <laughs> as long as you're not feeding your perennials, a tomato and veg fertilizer, and that's all you're feeding them a little bit here and there. It, I've done it my entire career and it's never really made. Now, that being said, you know, I'm going to say it's never made a difference, but if uh, every time you were, say, feeding your shrubs with a 30-10-10 yeah. and you were done and you had some left and you watered your annuals, it's not going to be what you want because there's nothing really in there for them to bloom. So you're now telling your uh, begonias, nope, just, just put out leaves, which is probably not why you bought begonias. No. Yeah. So... Yeah, a very long winded way of of trying to explain what they're all for, but find the one that at the end of the day, it's better to fertilize than not fertilize. And if if shake and feed or a steak is the way that you want to go, you're doing the right thing.
0: So then do you recommend, you were mentioning how you always go with everything ProMix. Yep. Is that sort of recommended that you don't mix and match brands? Like, is it just easier to have the same one?
1: Yes and no, because now I'm going to uh, throw something at you. I, I do I do say that, but ProMix don't do a calcium supplement. So if I'm doing my tomatoes, I will use an organic calcium supplement from another brand that is not related to ProMix at all. Oh, yeah. And I'll put that in. But what I do is I follow the recommendations. Okay. That's yeah. what you have to do. So important. Yeah. If you're unsure, okay, if, if you're looking at your fertilizer and some of them can be tricky to measure out because you might look and it might say uh, for one gallon, do this. And you're like, well, I don't need a gallon and I need my watering can for my, my indoor plants or, or whatever it is. You like, You're How do I measure that? Like how? And then you're using a one liter bottle and trying to fill up water that way or a measuring cup. And, yeah. you know, it, it, it can be tricky and you're trying to get these exact numbers correctly. I love my fertilizer. I'm going to make that uh, abundantly obvious. I use it. I use it on my house plants, on my outdoor plants. I always have fertilizers. Um, I think I've got four different types in my office right now just for the plants in my office. At home, I've got two different types of house plant fertilizer. I've got a granular plant fertilizer and I've got my uh, cannabis nutrients. Oh my so I have fertilizers. I use my fertilizers plus my outdoor fertilizers too. That was just for my indoor plants. it's almost like i'm a nerd or something brandy (laughs) but the companies have have figured out the maximum amount of fertilizer you can give your plants that are going to keep your plants very healthy but not damage them because you can over fertilize with any method oh yeah with anything you can massively over fertilize you can under fertilize, which is what I believe mo- most people are guilty of. But if you are fertilizing and you're not sure on your ratios, undercut, don't overcut. Mm-hmm. It's always better where if you're like, oh my God, this is use a scoop, but I I need two thirds of a scoop to hit my ratio for the, the watering method I've got. And you don't know what two thirds of a scoop looks like, do half a scoop. Yeah. Half a scoop is much easier to eyeball. And I would rather uh, you under fertilize than over fertilize. Just like uh, if you're taking a supplement yourself, if you're, if you're unsure that you took something, it's probably better to skip a day than it is to take too much of something. It can upset your tummy. Uh, Some of them can make you drowsy. Some of them can keep you awake. So rather than mess with numbers, I I always say it's like a a doctor when they give you a prescription, you want to hit it exactly, but you don't ever want to overtake. So, always, always be uh, aware of what you're doing. And uh, here's the part, and you know how much I love doing math. Oh. Every fertilizer, there is going to be math involved, there's going to be memory. I knew we were coming math. back to math
0: on the podcast. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Like, ever since that first episode with seeds, well, I'm like, I, I can't count any higher. I'm like,
0: <laughs> this is just like baking.
1: Yeah, yeah, like yeah, <laughs> it, it, it is like uh, you you use a cup, and there's there's a recipe I do when I'm baking, um, and I always make too much. I I shouldn't say that. Nobody ever complains when you give away baking. No. But one time I was like, well, I don't I don't need to make this much. I'm going to do a half batch. So the first ones are real easy. Yeah. Okay, it's like a cup. I'm like, yeah, half a cup. But then further down the recipe, it's like a third of a cup. And I'm like, half a third? Oh, no.
0: And <laughs> yeah. like the tablespoons and the teaspoons, yep, yep. and you're like, what's half of an eighth? Yep. I have no idea. Yeah,
1: exa- exactly. So you you start looking at it, and you're like, I, I don't know. You remember that show uh, we were talking about TV earlier? Uh, are you smarter than a fifth grader? Yeah. yeah no, I'm not. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? That's relatable, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's once we get into it and and you look and you're like, oh, my God, there's math involved. Um, th- Again, the one blessing now is we all have smartphones.
0: That's true. Yeah.
1: You know, we all have smartphones because some of them will say. um. 10 milliliters. Uh, some of them come with a scoop. Uh, one of them, uh, I believe it's a root booster from ProMix. The cap yeah? is a measuring cup.
0: No way. Is it actually? Yeah.
1: yeah. So when you take uh, when you take the cap off, I think, oh, it might be this one as well. So this is a multi-purpose one. And you made me turn the lights off. That's helpful, Brandy. <laughs> Yeah, if you look inside, you will uh, see lines on the uh, lid. So it comes with a built-in measuring cup. What? Yeah. I of this. And then uh, other ones will, um, the, the ProMix uh, water-soluble yeah. comes with a scoop, and it has, oh, I can't remember, I think it's uh, a 50 milliliter scoop, but it has 10 milliliter increments.
0: Um so, so th- like the fertilizer companies are your friends. Yep. they want you to succeed. Exactly. they've
1: realized that, oh, okay, we get it. yeah, you know people people can't measure uh people can't measure it out they're, they're not estimating. And they know over fertilizing is bad i've seen I've seen people over fertilize before. There was actually a story, and it was it was in Quebec, and some guy okay, so this is a sad story. I, I should preface that this isn't a funny story. Some guy uh, died from eating cucumbers. Uh, he'd grown them himself, and he'd been fertilizing with a water-soluble. Well, in his mind, if once every two weeks was good, well, then every day must be incredible. Yeah. Well, a cucumber is 96% water, and the only water it was getting was fertilizer. Oh, no. And it was pulling up all of the fertilizer, and he ate it, and uh, his kidneys shut down. Wow. Yeah. So... Now that is, that is an extreme. Okay. That is like massively to the, to the nth degree, an extreme. Most of the time when you over fertilize, what's going to happen. You'll see ex. It's, it's like taking steroids. Oh yeah. Okay. You'll see explosive growth. You're going to be like, oh my God, this is incredible. Like my plants are growing like two inches a day. You should see the size of the flowers, but the plant can't sustain that. Yeah. And then by uh, a month, two months, uh, it just starts dying because it's, it's absolutely pushed itself to, to the limit. So that's why you don't want to over fertilize, but under fertilizing or not fertilizing at all, your plant will never reach that potential. Just isn't going to happen. I've done it before, I've done side by side where I fertilized one plant and haven't fertilized another to test, and it absolutely makes a difference, but the difference is small at the beginning. So at the beginning, you're you're fertilizing one plant and the other one, you're just watering and tending and they're both getting the right amount of sunlight, et cetera, et cetera. And you're like, eh, there's not really much difference. I'm kind of wasting money here. But when you get to the end game where it's putting out its flowers or uh, the tomatoes and whatnot, you're like, holy hell, that's a game changer. Yeah. So it's being able to see that at the end, uh, see, seeing a garden that's never been fertilized, um and then one that has, and you you will see the difference immediately. It's not even close.
0: Yeah, and so I, I really liked how you know you were saying when you're selecting a fertilizer to consider what you're growing. and you were mentioning how, yeah, we've got some flower uh, fertilizers, we've got tree specific fertilizers, we've got I even noticed this downstairs this this actually caught my eye. I didn't know we had a slow release. Hanging basket fertilizer, yep. yep, that's so cool. and and it makes so much sense, right? Because I mean, you got to think if you're doing a hanging basket, then it's going to be up high, and it might be hard to fertilize,, yep. so just sprinkle that on the top
1: exactly, yeah. and and because it's so you'll you go, well, what's so special about a hanging basket? Well, we talked about this when we were talking about plantage, not the fertilizer aspect. But when you do a pot or a window uh, basket or plants in your garden, you have a lot of soil. Yeah. People come in, they buy planters, and they go, oh my God, it's going to cost so much to fill this with soil. Um, you know, what can I put in the bottom so I don't have to like waste that much soil? Yeah. Uh, but a hanging basket is very limited. You know, uh, some of them,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, I doubt you could even fit 10 liters of soil in. Yeah. So you are going to have to fertilize. And the other thing is a lot of hanging baskets have, have you ever watered a hanging basket and it just runs straight out the bottom? Yeah. Because it's got amazing drainage because it needs it because it's exposed to everything. It's literally, you, you, you hang a, 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 what's what's it called? A rain gauge in the same place you hang hanging baskets. Mm-hmm. So it's going to get all of yeah. the water. Um. So you need something that has got a, a very slow release that's going to feed and replenish that soil because what do we put in hanging baskets? We put in plants that massively trail so they're a high production. Yeah. So having a specific uh, hanging basket fertilizer is essential. And I like the fact that they made it small. You don't have to buy a huge amount of it because a lot of people as well, when they see the size of the tubs and they go, well, I only I only have three planters. And they go, well, what am I meant to do with the fertilizer at the end of the season? Like, do I have to throw it away? And you're like, no, no, you, you can keep it. Yeah. But- it's a lot less intimidating when it's a smaller tub and you go, oh, okay, that's easy. I can keep that. It's easy for me to manage it. Especially if you don't have a lot of room, you might only have a uh, a condo with a small uh, balcony. So you've only got two or three planters and you don't have a ton of room to store gardening gear. You don't have a garage or a shed to put everything in.
0: And I have seen even like this flower fertilizer that we have uh, from Promix, I've seen it come in bags. I've seen it come in yeah. the pail. Like things do come in different sizes. So you can gauge it based on how many things you have growing.
1: And- so last year, I didn't do much in the garden. Uh, we were traveling a lot. We had to go to BC for somebody's wedding.
0: Tyler, <laughs> it was your wedding.
1: Me? <laughs> but we, we, had a, we had a massively busy summer, so I didn't do much in the garden. But I did some pots for Jenny. Jenny came and got, she got some potulacca and some dahlias and whatnot. Uh, but we didn't do any tomatoes. We didn't do any veggies. Uh, we just did some flowers to brighten the place up. And I was like, oh, I don't need fertilizer. I've got some. Because I had it from the year prior when I did like a huge garden. We did tomatoes. We did uh, tons of hanging baskets and window boxes. And it was great. Long story short, uh, I did all of that planting. I got everything done and I went and got the fertilizer. The year prior when I put it away, I hadn't closed the lid properly and water got in. Oh no. Yeah. And ruined my entire tub. So
0: it just like had solidified essentially.
1: Yep. It solidified. And then what happens is it dilutes, but... It's, it's diluting in there. So the fertilizer that you can scoop out, you you don't know what the numbers are anymore because part of it has already been diluted. And was so dumped the whole thing in the compost, put the tub in the recycling. Next day at work, picked up a fresh tub. Literally as simple as I didn't close the lid properly. My other fertilizers were fine, but the flowering one wasn't. Where
0: did you keep your fertilizer? Just in the garage. Oh, perfect.
1: So I'm not going to say that that's good for every fertilizer. If you have a liquid fertilizer, so the liquid water soluble like this one I've got here or the fish fertilizer. So these are both liquids.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I hope nobody needs a bathroom. It's okay. You can hit pause. <laughs> Don't keep these in the garage. Oh, because they will freeze. They'll expand. They'll split in the room.
0: So you'll literally have the same issue happen. Yeah. So
1: and then once they freeze, it sh- it'll say probably somewhere on it uh, prevent from freezing. Even if it freezes and it doesn't split the packaging, when it melts, it settles differently. It loses particles. You do not want your liquid fertilizers to freeze. So these you want to keep uh, under the sink or with the cleaning products. Yep. But your shaken feed, uh, your spikes, your granulars, um, even your water-soluble ones, they can, they can stay out there because there's no moisture no in No
0: way. I didn't know that. Exactly.
1: So where you're going to store your fertilizers, you need to take that into consideration, too, because in my entire horticultural career, have I ever finished a season... And perfectly used every single thing of fertilizer right to the end and being like, oh, look at that, no fertilizer to store. Really? I'll either run out yeah. mid season, I've got to buy a new one, or I didn't do so much like the year the, prior. I know I have enough flowering fertilizer for this year because I bought a whole tub. We only had a few pots. I made sure it was sealed. I'll tell you that I <laughs> didn't make that mistake again. Uh, I've already checked it, but but I've never, ever planted the right amount of plants and nailed the ratio where I'm like, oh, well, that was the perfect amount of fertilizer. I've never done it with soils. I always have uh, soil left over. I always have fertilizer left over. Yeah. So when you're buying it, can you store it? Do you have the right conditions to store it in? Because everything is more expensive these days, everything. And I don't want somebody to buy a fertilizer and have it go bad for whatever reason. Because honestly, if, it, if, if you keep it to the conditions it needs, I, the best for anything, even the granular, cool, dry location, Okay, so put away, you put your cleaning products under the sink, uh, in the bathroom, wherever. The fertilizer will last until you use it all.
0: Yeah. What's okay. it like to use up a whole fertilizer? I've never done it.
1: You've never done- I've never done it. Do, I, I do it all. Is it
0: satisfying? What's it
1: like? It's like, oh man, now I got to buy more fertilizer.
0: <laughs> oh, I would have thought it would have been satisfying. You're like, it's like- um. I don't know, like finishing an advent calendar. You're like, oh, yeah.
1: You know what? That, that might be a better question for somebody who hasn't done this for as long as I have. Because I'm always... I, the worst is when when you think you've got enough fertilizer. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I'm going to fertilize. And you go out and you're like, you misjudge it. And you're like, son of a gun. <laughs> and I've done it before where I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm fertilizing on Monday because I'm not coming to Golden Acre on my Sunday yep. to get a thing of fertilizer to go home to come back here on Monday. Yep. It's easy to store, but make sure you can store it.
0: Yeah, and actually you, you kind of briefly touched on that. Um, my next question is, um, if you say get busy and you forget to fertilize for a week, yep. is that going to mess up the cycle too much or is it fine? Don't
1: overcompensate. Okay, okay so if if you miss a week, don't try and do like a week and a half on the next one. Okay. And just change your schedule. So if you're doing every two weeks, the Sunday you meant to fertilize, you miss and you're at work on the Wednesday, you're like, oh my God, I didn't fertilize. No problem. Do it the next Sunday. Or do it that Wednesday, but then you're back to two weeks on a Wednesday. And can you commit to that? Or on a Wednesday, sometime you're like, oh, I've got to go grocery shopping. I've got to. So pick the day when you have the most time. However, that might look for you. Some some people uh, they might be like, "No, um, Monday mornings are my favorite time to fertilize." So when I'm not working, when I, when I'm on vacation, and it might be seven in the morning, and I'm having my coffee and fertilizing, and it feels great.
0: Mm, I like that. Yep. Another
1: thing I like about water soluble is I'm I'm a lazy lazy dude, and I get to water and fertilize at the same time.
0: Right, you have to water anyway. Exactly. I like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's 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 efficient.
0: Hey, okay, so when we're talking about water soluble, um I have a geranium growing in my office okay. and I don't know if this is bad. Like so so when you're when you're watering it, is it bad to get fertilizer on the leaves cuz I just dumped it over the plant and <laughs> okay. <laughs> I had a watering can. I had the fertilizer mixed in. I watered the plant, but like, I just was like, I don't have time for this. I just like dumped it over the leaves and now I have this white residue on the leaves. So what is that?
1: No, it's not bad, but no, it's not good. I know. I'm going to put you right in the middle. Okay. At the beginning when everything is planted and everything's its own little thing and you're like, okay, I can see everything individually. I'm only fertilizing the roots. My house plants, they're in pots. I lift the foliage up. I only fertilize the soil because the roots take up the fertilizer. The leaves don't. Now you can get foliar sprays, but that's a whole other thing. We don't we don't carry any because it's it's trace amount that gets uh, took up by the leaves. Yeah. The job of the roots is to uptake nutrients. That's that's literally plant science. Yeah. So you you don't want to get it on the leaves. But when you're fertilizing outside and all of your tomatoes are growing in and all the leaves you can't see the roots for it, then you have to hit it. But I always go back after and wash my leaves off. Oh yeah. And I always wash the leaves off to prevent any fertilizer burn, to prevent any residual building up that's going to uh, impede photosynthesis. There are going to be times when you can't help to get fertilizer on a leaf. Always wash it off. Always wash it off. You you don't want to leave it on. Uh, Again, the leaf isn't uptaking anything. And ideally, ideally, if you can... Don't get any on the leaves and then you don't need to work because I always think of that too when I have fertilized and I've measured it perfectly. My water soluble and I know that's what it's got, but then I have to wash everything off. I'm diluting it again.
0: Yeah. Because
1: now I know that it got exactly, you know, 10 milliliters to the liter. That's what I watered. That's how much it got. I'm happy with that equation. But now I have to water more, which is going to dilute it. But again... I'd rather have that. I'm not going to make my fertilizer a little stronger knowing I might have to dilute it at the end. I'd rather dilute it. Yeah. I will always, always under fertilize. So here's here's my tip. I always see what they recommend. So if they say uh, 10 milliliters per liter, I'll normally put in eight milliliters per liter. I always undercut my fertilizer. So one of the easiest, easiest plants to grow. And I'm not talking about... The best results ever. But one of the easiest plants to grow is cannabis. Okay. You put a seed, it grows. It's called weed. Because uh, it literally grows like a weed. But why do so many cannabis growers are so strict on their nutrient regimen? Oh
0: my goodness. Like I I even went down into the hydroponics department. And I mean, we've got some here. We've got like, what is this? Uh, nature's candy.
1: <laughs> yeah, the Ramo brand. I love Ramo,
0: But yeah, all of the high, like just seeing how yeah. ma- I mean, we have an entire wall yep. just dedicated. To cannabis.
1: Yeah. And that's because you talk to a lot of growers and they'll use uh, a living soil. Some will use a uh, totally uh, neutral growing medium uh, like HP, ProMix HP, uh, which just stands for high porosity. It allows explosive root growth and it's uh, basically neutral. There's, there's nothing in that growing medium. Oh, okay. I use a living soil. Um, I always like a a healthy soil, but it doesn't matter what you use. You are also going to feed because you're going to get the best results. So when you look at what other people are doing, be it like, you know, uh, very skilled amateurs or professionals or expert growers, there's a reason they're using fertilizer because it does work. There is a difference there. Mm -hmm. Plants are going to maximize all of the nutrients in the soil. It doesn't matter how rich it is. It doesn't matter how many amendments you add. If you have a a flower bed, that's a certain dimension. doesn't matter what that dimension is. There's only so much sea soil and peat moss you can put into it. You want to have a proper soil. You're not planting directly into sea soil. So you want to mix that into your soil so eventually it's going to be depleted. That's where your fertilizer comes in. Don't get hung up on the numbers and don't get, honestly, if you don't know, just say, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I'm going to get an all purpose. Uh, and that's what I'm going to go because all purpose will do your tomatoes. It will do your flowers. It will do your trees. It'll do your lawn. So if you're, if you just really don't know, and you're, you're at a loss, go with an all purpose. Yeah. Then, When you get used to using that, like anything, then you can go, oh, okay, now I'm going to add this dimension. Now I'm going to add this. Now I'm going to get a tomato one and I'm going to get a calcium essential.
0: Yeah. So can we talk about that? Because tomatoes, I've always um, heard of people using the term uh, blossom and rot. And does that have to do a little bit with fertilizer?
1: Short answer, yes. It's basically a a nutrient uh, deficiency. Really? Yeah. So tomatoes, they, they naturally don't have, uh, they, they, they basically leach out calcium and magnesium Huh? and they need that for the development of the fruit. You think blossom and drop would apply to the flower. Yeah, okay? exactly. Doesn't it? it applies to the fruit? Uh. Have you ever grown a tomato and they look amazing and your flowers are amazing and your plant is healthy and you're like, Oh my God, I can't wait to get all my tomatoes. Uh, And then they all have black spots on them and the fruits rotted all the way inside. That's blossom end rot.
0: At that point, is it game over for your plant or?
1: I mean, you've lost that first harvest, get the calcium to them. The second flush should be okay. Okay. But a couple of years ago, so tomato and cannabis grow almost identical. They're not the same family, but back in the day uh, before uh, it was legal, there were people who maybe grew it. And they would come in and they would say, I'd like to talk to you about my tomato plants. And you're like, oh, wow, this is incredible. This 25-year-old is growing tomatoes in January in Calgary. How wonderful. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, that's delicious. Are you making pasta, sir? (laughs) But they grow almost identical to the point where they even... um, it, it, most fertilizer brands, I, I didn't grab one. I just I just grabbed some random Ramo. But Ramo has uh, one of his cannabis nutrients is uh, a calcium, magnesium. Yeah. Okay. A couple of years ago, I thought about it and I said, you know what? Tomatoes and cannabis grow identical. They have a very similar uh, veg and flower and fruit stage. They're both missing uh, calcium and magnesium. And I used the Ramo lineup on my tomatoes and it was phenomenal. Perfect. Yeah, zero blossom end rot. Didn't lose anything. The growth, the health of the plants, it was phenomenal. I'm I'm using Ramo kits now on, uh, and when I say a Remo kit, quickly say what that is. A Remo kit is a, a box you buy, and it's got all seven of his nutrients. So he's got grow, bloom, and micro are the three basics that you'll you'll see everywhere, and uh, then he's got Velo Kelp, Calmag, Nature's Candy. Astro flower. Oh, okay. And those are the seven. So you can buy them independently or you can buy a Ramo kit that has all seven. Yeah. And that's, I buy the Ramo kit and I that's what I bought and I used it. A friend of mine grew the exact same tomatoes as me, the exact San Marzano. He he just did regular fertilizer and it was fine and we were talking about it. And I was like, oh my God, mine are ridiculous. Like how healthy the yield I'm getting off them is insane. And he said, yeah, mine are doing good as well. I said, fantastic. And then I brought in one of mine and he brought in one of his. Mine were redder. They were juicier and they had more flavor.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Now, with that being said, a a tub of Pro Mix tomato is 30 bucks, I think. And that is going to do a lot of tomato plants an entire season. A Ramo kit is 130 bucks.
0: So maybe if you're like a professional chef, you might notice a difference. But exactly. the only reason you knew is because you had them both together at the exact same time.
1: And, and I, I literally, everybody else was like, oh, I don't think so. I tried it. I'm going to do that from now because I have access to it. I like playing with that kind of thing. It's a passion of mine. I think it's very fun. I don't mind spending the money on that. It is absolutely not that important, like the 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 friend they got an incredible yield. they were more than happy. their sauce was delicious they 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 made a, a bunch of bottles of sauces. I tried one. it was fantastic, yeah, um, but there was a noticeable difference using the uh, Ramo brand fertilizer,
0: oh okay, yeah, yeah, actually, um, can we just touch on this nature's candy one because um, I noticed that with, with Ramos products, like they're they're the of the lower numbers, yep. and this Nature's Candy is zero, zero, zero. I've never seen a fertilizer with zero, zero, zero.
1: So what that'll mean is if you look at it on every fertilizer, so that's great that you picked this one up. So that means there's no MPK. Oh. Okay. No, if those trace amounts, if you look at some fertilizers, it might say 0.4. Okay, so that is a trace amount. Yeah. But if you look at Nature's Candy, you go, oh, zero, zero, zero. But then you look at the side where it says guaranteed analysis, and it has magnesium, sulfur, and iron.
0: Oh, so not even, so it's not NPK, but that doesn't mean it's not other nutrients.
1: There's another factor. NPK is the macronutrients. So those are the big ones. Those are the big three that every plant needs. But then you have your micronutrients. So if you look at the back of this tub, so I have premium uh, organic based tomato, vegetable, and fruit fertilizer from ProMix. It's a 91616. Proud little Canadian flag. Speaking of Canadian flags, yeah. Oh, A friend uh, and colleague, uh, Hassan, uh, he's my next door neighbor. He's an accounting nerd. <laughs> Takes one to know one. Yeah, <laughs> he puts up with me. uh Dale, he's literally my next door neighbor, and he can hear me <laughs> through the walls sometimes because I'm I'm not quiet. And I love him. Hassan just became a Canadian. Yeah, woo. Yeah, woo! way to go, Hassan. We love him. Anyway, yeah, that has a Canadian flag. I'm like, how did we get on Hassan? How did I go from fertilize to Hassan? So if you look on the back of this one, this is great. So, it has how to apply, when to apply. It's got the mixing rates. I'm not going to open it because it is sealed, but there is a scoop in here. So, it's got all of that that you need. It says guaranteed minimum analysis, and it has nitrogen, it has phosphoric acid, it has potash. So, that's our MPK, but it also has calcium, iron, boron, manganese, zinc, humic acid. So, those are all other factors. Now, those are tiny. For example, boron am I borrowing you, <laughs> is 0.015%. 0. 0.
0: Oh, so little.
1: Yeah, but it's a micronutrient. And it's in there. It's in there. So that's what the tomato needs. And when you look at all of the fertilizers, so that Ramo one was a great example. You're like, zero, zero, zero. How can that mm-hmm. be a fertilizer? When you use the Ramo products, you don't use them one at a time. So you use, at the beginning, during uh, the vegetative state, so no flowers, the plant is just growing and just putting out its leaves, uh, you use grow, micro, velo kelp, and calmag. Those are the four you use, and that's your veg state. Then, when you go to flowering, you use bloom, not grow, micro, uh, velo kelp, calmag, nature's candy, and astro flower. So they all play well together and it's adding the micro and the macro that you need to get the best results out of your plants at a certain time. So much like uh, when you're a child and when you're an adult and when you're a senior, your body has different needs uh, during those times. So does a plant. Yeah. So as the plant is growing, it's like, oh, now I'm in a flowering cycle. I need this. Now I'm in this cycle. I need this. And that's where it all comes to play. So the, the, the cannabis nutrient lines are, are much more refined Okay. back in the day when, you know, uh, you couldn't get nutrients and, uh, it was very illegal and whatnot. A lot of people would successfully grow cannabis with an all purpose.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They would use an all purpose on it. However, uh, when they started refining the lines and they started coming out with these incredibly, incredibly well-developed nutrients, the yields got way bigger. And that was because they they refined it and took the time. A lot of people aren't going to spend one hundred and forty dollars on their tomatoes, right? Yeah. So, so that's if really, you you want to spend that amount of money, you you're probably going to get a uh, a bigger yield and a better fruit. But is it going to be that noticeable? Mm-hmm. So yeah, you also have to look at the micronutrients, but do. <laughs> If the big three numbers on the front are throwing you off, do not start reading the micronutrients. (laughs) Yeah. Most people don't even know that exists. Well,
0: this is my first time learning about it.
1: Yeah. And how how many, you know, back in the day when you were a cashier, how many tubs of fertilizer did you scan through?
0: Oh my gosh. So many. Yeah. Never thought about it. I honestly thought that it was only three ingredients in fertilizer, yeah. NPK, and that was it. Yeah.
1: No, there is all kinds of my, uh, uh, micronutrients as well. So
0: we've spent a lot of time on this episode talking about your annuals, right? And, you know, cannabis and all of that stuff. But I think one of the things that I'm curious about is more of your established plants. Because when you have perennials, trees, and shrubs... um you know, is there a sort of a timeline for fertilizing? Is that something that you need to fertilize every year? I mean, looking at, say, these fertilizer spikes that we have, we have tree and shrub fertilizer spikes, we have evergreen tree spikes. And is this like, even for those well-established 30-year-old trees and shrubs, do you still need to apply fertilizer?
1: It's never going to hurt. It's never going to hurt. And if you look at the back of those, it should tell you, based on the height of the tree and the spread of the tree, how many spikes you're going to need in order to feed the soil properly. So when I talk about that, I I know people who don't fertilize uh, their perennials or their trees at all. And they're like, you're on your own. uh, You've done it. I do fertilize my perennials. Absolutely, I do. Trees and shrubs, I can be guilty of ignoring them because of the size. I make sure they're watered and whatnot, but I'm kind of like, eh, you're on your... Cotoneaster, I did fertilize uh, my mums a number of years ago when we had to cut it to the ground and we had to fertilize it because it had been badly damaged from the uh, fire blight uh, and the scale. So we did fertilize that. But yeah, fertilizing your perennials, uh, absolutely. And, you know... Saying that, there is the timeline thing, don't fertilize until you see active growth. So I know we're past that point now, but I know there are some people, and spring hits, the snow is gone, and you know that that period where nothing is moving, nothing is greening up, but there's no snow. Oh well, if I if I fertilize, it'll accelerate it. But until there's a leaf, until there's active growth, until there's green you're not really doing anything because the plant isn't uptaking that much. It's still waking up. So when you see active growth happening and you see those uh, hosta spikes um, or the, the peony, the, 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 the purple burgundy uh, peony stems coming out of the ground, the leaves opening on the cotone astro, the birch, start fertilizing. Okay. Because then the plant is like, okay, I'm, I'm waking up. I'm ready to uptake. And that's when you want to feed it is when you see active growth. So yeah, you, you, you'll be feeding your perennials long before, uh, you doing, um, your annuals because your annuals might not go in until the meal mm-hmm. long weekend, but your perennials have been actively growing since April 7th.
0: Do you have to use a specialized one like these fertilizer stakes or can you just use an all-purpose?
1: Use an all-purpose, use a uh, tree and shrub. Uh, we have one, um, I don't oh, see I didn't it, grab it, but, uh, the perennial and vine Yeah, I do ex- Yeah, yeah. 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 Honestly, on my perennials and on my trees and shrubs, I—I uh, I, that's why I have my all-purpose. So the three I said I bought, uh, my tomato or my my veg, my bloom, my all-purpose, uh, veg for my veg, obviously. Clue is in the name column. Veg <laughs> for my veg. Yeah. The blooms are for all of the annuals. And then the all-purpose is for my perennials because uh, my perennials are going to have leaf development, flower development, root development. So are my trees. So I use all-purpose. But there are people who might plant a new uh, privacy screen uh, with trees, or maybe they buy uh, three or four um, trees, they buy an apple and a cherry. You should probably buy a specific tree fertilizer for that. Mm -hmm. Again, it depends on what you're looking for. Wait until you see active growth, and then with your perennials and your trees, dial back the fertilizer in middle of August, beginning of September. And if you have a spike, check it. Pull it out the ground if there's any left.
0: That's a a good point too. I bet you a lot of people forget about it.
1: We've seen that happen before where we had a gorgeous autumn. Somebody's tree was putting out a ton of new growth because it was warm. uh, There was still moisture and they had spikes and they'd Mm -hmm. forgotten about them and the tree is putting it out. Well, then suddenly it gets hit with a very hard frost and all those tips burn. Unlikely it's going to kill the tree. But it ain't doing it any favors. No.
0: And actually, when we're talking about, you know, um, using fertilizer to make your plant healthier and your trees and shrubs, can it be used as a preventative measure against like, you know how you were always saying the healthier your plant, the less likely it is to catch a disease or to, can fertilizer help with that?
1: You know, if we go back to what we said at the beginning about the fertilizer being the supplement. Yeah. So if you have nothing in your diet, all you have is, you know. Pizza. Pizza—it's got carbs. uh, It's got veggies. Ice cream. Ice cream would be a good one. Popcorn. Yeah, popcorn. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, if you if you have a a a terrible diet like that, and all you take is supplements, you're not really going to be that healthy. You go to the doctor and the doctor's like, what are you eating? And you're like, oh, I eat Sour Patch Kids and ice cream. But I take vitamin B12, calcium uh, and iron. He's going to be like, I I don't care. I don't give it. No, I want you to change your diet. Yeah. They're going to get you on that, you know, uh, healthy uh, veggies and proteins and uh, fibers. If if you're going to use a fertilizer, um, it has to be part of the spectrum. And if you don't use a fertilizer, but everything else is lined up, you've you're watering, it's got the right amount of sunlight, you've really amended your soil, your soil is fantastically healthy and it's a good living soil, you're probably going to be okay. But if you want the best results, if you want that fantastic overall health that is going to help you prevent bugs and disease, or if bugs get in... They're not going to kill the plant outright because the plant has enough health to be able to withstand until you can come with the backup, be it uh, a spray or ladybirds or whatever else. Um, You do want to include a fertilizer in the diet of the plant.
0: and this week's question comes from our instagram from kim who asks about fertilizer in her indoor tropicals outside she amends her soil and that's her jam and that's fantastic but then she's thinking you know with the inside plants she wants to add some fertilizer but she's really not sure if it's doing anything so what kind of advice can you offer
1: i wasn't very good with house plants when i first started uh, and I was kind of in that camp where I uh, I wouldn't fertilize. And I started fertilizing. Wow. Game changer. And I did, I did the same thing where I'm like, I'm going to test it. And it really does make a difference. It, yeah, it really does. Because outside amending your, uh, amending your soil, you've heard me say this how many times, where if I had to pick between amending and fertilizing, I'm always taking amending. Yeah. Uh, but I don't have to pick. So I, I do both. But our inside plants, you really cannot amend that soil. Mm-hmm. You can you can top dress with worm castings, but not very much. Uh, you can use a worm casting extract, but again, how much is is getting uh, taken up? How much is just going to you know bleed out the bottom and, and be diluted with watering? I, I would actually say fertilizing is more essential on house plants than it is on outdoor plants.
0: Okay. Yeah. With
1: that being said. Like your outdoor plants, only fertilize when there's active growth. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So my house plants, even with my grow lights, my pothos, uh, my spider plants, and whatnot, they don't do much in the winter. They're just kind of they're just kind of there. They're just doing their jam, and I water them. But what I do fertilize is my Christmas cactus. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's putting out blooms. It's obviously actively doing something and needs some fertilizer to help it. But once those blooms are done, it goes back to water. And Mm -hmm. then as it puts out the new growth, I fertilize. So my fertilizer uh, regime is different from my house plants, but it's easier to see what they're doing. So uh, that's how I do it, but absolutely it's essential. Uh, The great thing is just buy an all-purpose houseplant fertilizer. I I normally use, there's a couple, and I use the Evolve brand houseplant fertilizer uh, and the Schultz all-purpose houseplant fertilizer. I have uh, a few succulents and one cactus. Yeah. I'm not buying a special fertilizer for them. They get all purpose. Okay. So that's what we're talking about. However, if uh, cacti were my jam and I had a whole bunch of them and uh, 30 succulents, I would probably buy that fertilizer. I think I've got about four or five succulents, uh, one actual cactus and a couple of Christmas cactus. They do. And then the other 55 are all just, you know. Pothos and spider plants and palms and, and whatnot. Yeah. Everything gets the uh the all-purpose and they do amazing. You might repot sometimes you might repot once every two years. So how are you freshening up that soil? The plant has pulled everything good out of the soil. There's nothing there. And it will live if it has the right light and water requirements, but it won't be thriving. Get that fertilizer to it. I would say it's more essential. You're gonna keep it healthy. You're gonna allow it to bloom or actively grow if you're doing a foliage one. And again, don't get hung up on uh, numbers. Don't get hung up on, oh, do I need a special one for my orchids or a, a cactus one? If you've predominantly got one of something, Go with an all-purpose.
0: Well, good luck, Kim, on your on your garden this year and on your house plants. That was an excellent question. I know we've been focusing a lot of on, a lot on outside plants, so it's nice to kind of direct our focus back inside as well for those actively growing house plants. And if there's something that you've been wanting to learn more about, reach out to us like Kim did on our Instagram at Garden. Every Tuesday we do uh, weekly polls and questions, so make sure to check out those as well. Um, you can also email us social at GoldenAcre.ca or access. Our SpeakPipe app over on our website goldenacre.ca/podcast and send us an anonymous voice note. We'd love to feature more of those on the podcast. And next we call in. This is really fun. We're actually going to be talking a little bit about weeding. I love it. Your favorite garden chore? Yeah, I,
1: uh, I, I just I, I did gardening on the long weekend, and what did I do? I did weeding, and. I didn't make it through no mome.
0: Are you serious? So we bring it up last week and then you and just to
1: I, I couldn't help myself. But but that's not what we're talking about, Brandy. We're oh, talking about weeding. Oh,
0: nice. Nice diversion.
1: <laughs> we're talking about the weeds. What do you consider a weed? For example, I don't consider a plant a weed. I consider the location the plant is in, whether or not it's a weed. Yeah. Uh, how to get rid of them. Uh, various weeds you're going to see in and around Calgary. Uh, mm-hmm. Benefits of weeds. Uh, why why they are indeed weeds. What what classifies them as one, and all of all of that mixed in. Uh, there are still some people who see clover as a weed. People who see clover as a lawn alternative, and people who see clover as an important crop.
0: So catch that episode next Sunday at 8 a.m. Mountain Time on your favorite podcast platform, and we'll talk to you next weekend. Bye, everyone.